Hello, babes, and welcome to Coffee and Tequila, the morning show on some days. And the late show on other days? Ooh, I like that. Should that be our thing? It'll is be that our thing. thing. Okay, my name is Zach. And I'm Alistair. And this is Coffee and Tequila, this episode of Coffee and Tequila. Gotta do it quietly, man. We got microphones. I know. We um, should put foam on them. <laughs> this episode of Coffee and Tequila is kindly being sponsored by Helix Sleep, as always. We'll let you know a little bit more about them a little bit later. Speaking of sleep, it's dark now. It is. I have uh, to say it's hitting me. I'm depressed. I feel so... I'm I'm just going to lay down here on the desk and put my head down for so, the rest of the episode. And you can just watch me wallow in seasonal depression. I feel like daylight savings time has hit us hard. At least I know it's hit me hard. I woke up this morning. It was light out. I did not like it. I like my morning. I would think nice you would be... Depressing. You would like that. I don't like that. Okay. I don't like that. Hmm. Um, and then I came home and it was dark. And I don't like that either. So, yeah, it was all my... Like, all the sun was in my eyes while I was doing PT. It was just not fun. Wasn't it earlier this year that Congress was supposed to be, like, making a decision on, like, whether this was the last time we were going to change clocks or not? Did that ever come to fruition? Was I there mean, ever, like, a... Does anything in Congress come to fruition? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, no, I... Yeah, I don't know. I work mostly in this room, right? And so, like, I have, like, a desktop over here that swivels around to this this here desk that we sit at and um behind the slat wall i have i have blackout curtains from other windows so like sunlight never comes in here anyway but whenever i go in the living room it's like full of light because because there's big windows in there and it's real real nice we don't ever have to turn the lights on in there and i went in there about 4 30 or 5 today and uh it was dark and it was just like hit me over the head and I was like, oh gosh, I hate this. And I hope this is not a permanent thing because why wouldn't we want to just add more more daylight hours to the end of the day? I don't understand that. I don't understand why the what the decision would be there to like put your daylight hours in the top of the day. Why? Well, uh, the decision is to have more daylight hours in the day versus in the working why day. Why is my question? So that you have more light. We have light at the end of the day, too. I don't know. I don't know. Questions, answers. Anybody got them for us? <laughs> no. So, you know, Arizona doesn't do it. Do they not? No. They don't do daylight savings. I think I've heard that. Yeah. I don't know any details on that. I've never lived in Arizona, but maybe Texas don't need to do it either. Maybe. It sounds uh, very liberal of you, Texas, to be participating in daylight savings, Tom. I'm pretty sure there's some economic... I wouldn't say benefits, mm-hmm. but accrual. Throughout. I don't know, man. Uh, tomorrow's like voting day, or today as you're listening to this. It should be a, This episode should be out in the morning of um, November 8th. It's voting day. It's midterm day. This is the first like real big election since uh, the January 6th insurrection. So like it's a big one. This mm-hmm. is a big one. But And it's going to be sunny and bright and, and you know. Unfortunately. Hopefully that's a good omen. Ho- unfortunately, it would you rather it be mood. like stormy? It doesn't mean my, my, my mood. I hope tomorrow, or sorry, today. I hope today. Okay. It's super cloudy, maybe a little stormy, no. maybe a little sprinkles of rain. That's not what we want, but I love, I love the moodiness of it. Uh, really, I just, uh, we need a blanket. We need some hot tea. Uh, we need just a cozy book to get sad to. I love it all. I just picture you sitting on the couch and you're wrapped in your blanket and you call out boo. Okay, and so like the, the, we are past October. <laughs> Fuck lifts. We are in November now. I'm floats sure across the house onto yet. your onto your lap. One of the biggest privileges we have in this country is to participate in democracy and go out and vote. And so we are going to go out and vote. But I'm a little bit nervous about it because they didn't send us a voter registration card. They did not. But Oklahoma we called, did. They did. Uh, Oklahoma did, and I was I was I was a little iffy about Texas because we were really rushing to try to like register while we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't send us anything. So I called them 
and we're both registered to vote, we should be able to use our IDs. There's so, a list of things that we uh, we can bring in order to vote, right? And one yes. of them is a Texas driver's license. And I do not have a Texas driver's license yet, but I do have my military ID and I have my passport. So I think I'm going to bring both. And it says that I can use those. We're just going to bring everything. Everything. My birth certificate says I'm born in Texas. Um, I'm going to bring. I'm gonna wear a Texas shirt. Mine says I'm, I'm born in Mexico. Be, yeah. Work. Don't bring that one, please. I'm not with you. I'm not with you. Okay, we got to see what the what the the person handling all of that information look, looks look like. At that, like. If he if wears a magic watch shirt, him look at that and kick you out. I would be. I'd be the one. <laughs> be like, sir, are you here legally? I'd be like, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I was being real nervous about this because we didn't have the voter registration card, and so I like have been searching my name online just to see if i'm registered and it says i'm registered so hopefully all goes without a hitch tomorrow um have you heard that like the, i don't know all early predictions and all of that are saying that uh the red wave is coming i think the last article i read said something like we're we're um i don't know republicans are gain, set to gain like 15 seats across the house and the senate so i have a cnbc article in front of me that says what started as a red wave is turning to a red ripple mm. so hopefully for my part, that's accurate because I know that I'm I, here, especially in Texas. I feel like we're voting for so much mm-hmm. right now. I feel like I'm voting for the women in my, in my family and I'm voting for the possibility of, even though it sounds crazy that this would happen, but the possibility of our marriage being illegalized. I don't think illegalized. Illegalized. Is that a word? I don't know. Becoming illegal. Legalized. Um, I don't think it's crazy. I think that sounds like such a possibility. We're living in a state where they just put out not too long ago, earlier this year, oh, um, did. a a Republican like platform. What what platform they're running on? And and in it, it very clearly says that they want to reverse the decision of the Supreme Court to make gay marriage, gay girl, girl marriage, gay marriage, gay marriage. Um, you know the law of the land, but they wanted to bring it back to states' rights, and like states get get to decide that and. Uh, that, yeah, that made my decision right there. There's no way I'm voted for a Republican after that, right? Like, no freaking way. Um, I, this is the thing, right? We are in a point in this country where everybody's just going to vote. I feel like it's always been like this, but you're going to vote for what's going to make your quality of life better, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you and I are going to vote selfishly to make our quality of life better. Um, and people in middle America, people anywhere, you know, are going to do the same exact things. There are just your regular voters who are tired of the gas prices. They're tired of everything being expensive right now, you know. And so they are going to vote for what they think is going to make their quality of life better. And because we have, you know, a Democrat, uh, a Democratic administration, you know, that's who's going to be blamed for everything right now. And the, and the way, you know, inflation and just all of that good stuff. Um Whoever's in office is going to get blamed for everything, right? I don't know. Are people going to go out and vote? I guess that's the question. Is like that's the that's the big one. Are people going to go out and vote? Um, yeah. And who's going to go out and vote in, you know, in the majority? I think that's you know we're going to know. I mean, that's a big question. That hopefully tonight. And, yeah, uh, tonight's going th- that know, question man. is going to be answered. So. Uh, we will do our part, there. and then hopefully y'all can That's exercise all you can your do. constitutional rights. Go out and vote. That's the thing. It's like I feel like it's more fruitless at this point in time when today is voting day to like change anybody's mind and try to appeal to anybody's mind. You're going to vote however the hell you're going to vote, and I'm going to go out and vote however the hell I'm going to vote. And you know what? That's that. Now, we have hot topics for us <laughs> today. Kit Connor, who plays Nick, like one of the two leads in Heartstopper, um, 
came out as bi the other day on Twitter, but not because he wanted to come out as bi, but because freaking entitled ass fans, fans forced him to defend his own sexuality. Basically, because they were they were yeah. like accusing him of um, queer baiting, right? Yes. This word queer baiting is getting wild now these well, days. It, it is getting wild and I think that it's such a especially when we have younger actors playing queer characters, mm-hmm. it's such a leap to ask them to come out as queer themselves cuz you don't know yourself yet, right? So even if he was straight... He's 18 years old. Exactly. And even if he was straight and playing a queer character, I think that's perfectly fine because you don't know who you are. You don't know if you're queer or not. And then trying, like almost being forced into a box because uh, people think of you a certain way. Like well, it's just bad. You're getting hate online by like people who have a freaking Heartstopper fan account and you don't know what the hell they look like. It's a bunch of 13-year-olds online is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, bullying this guy because... They think he's playing this gay character or this bi character in the show, this fictional show. It's fiction, guys. It's entertainment. It's fake. Um, and they they just can't separate that from reality and demand to know his sexuality, right? Because he's flirting with the girl or he's flirting with the guy or, you know, he's doing this or that, you know, and they're, they're just following him around, wanting to know too much. It's not, it is, it is no actor's uh, responsibility. responsibility. Actor, musician, anybody. Let me tell you something else. It's not Harry Styles' responsibility either to let anybody know whether he is gay, bi, straight, any any of it. Any of it. Yep. It is just not, okay? If somebody identifies as queer one moment and then not another, that's their own journey, okay? And you, it's not for you to tell them if they're lying. It's not. It's just not. And so this guy, this kid, should not have had to feel that pressure to come out just because freaking entitled assholes... Uh, pressured him into doing it. You know, well, it's ridiculous. You you missed the whole message of the show. So basically, I've, I've actually thought about this a lot, and I think that Billy Agner, when he was promoting Bros, mm-hmm. made a really good point, where he's like, "It's not that we uh, need uh, all gay characters to be played by gay actors. It's just that we want gay actors, queer actors, uh, to get the opportunity to play gay characters, right?" Yeah. And I think that's perfect because, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, straight actors who play gay characters and it's worked out perfectly. It's a lot. You know, I saw a tweet recently like, uh, uh, you want, uh, you only want uh, gay uh, or or like queer actors to play queer characters. Uh, Do you really want to put Ewan McGregor? Out of, you know, like, out of a duck job. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, what about you? What do you think? Do you think that uh, uh, queer roles should go to queer people? Or do you think straight um, actors I should be that, able to play those? I think that queer people should get special consideration. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I don't think that it should necessarily always go towards queer people if somebody's perfect for a role. Yeah. And as long as they, they give it respect. Um, so I, I, I don't necessarily think that they sh- we should only focus on that. And especially... Like you also force people to like come out um, if they are queer and they just want to explore a queer character, you know, on screen and explore that side of themselves. And then we're forcing them to like out themselves before they, they well, that's the thing, that. right? Is we're not entitled to their sexuality and their well, journey. You know, yeah, you, we you, are getting yeah. the entertainment that they're providing, but we're not entitled to any of the personal stuff. Well, you also had had a bunch of this in the book community. You know, the Love Simon um, author, the, yeah. the the one who wrote the book. She got a lot of hate 
and then she eventually had to come out as bi. She didn't have to come out as bi. She came out as bi. She had to out herself in order to because, like because people were saying you shouldn't be writing these queer characters. You shouldn't be doing this. You don't have this experience. You're just a straight woman. And she was like, actually, I'm a bi woman. And uh, she was forced to basically That's basically some come out. Shit. That's some bullshit. Yeah. It, and, and, and you get this all the time, especially in the book community, where like people either they 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 want you to write diverse characters, um, except. If you are not diverse, you shouldn't be writing those diverse characters. But if you are also not diverse, then you should also be writing those diverse characters. So it's like, it's a give and take. And I think that you just need to be respectful all around. And if you don't know people's experiences, explore those experiences with people who have those experiences. Don't talk to people. Get yeah. people involved in your life. You know, like, I, I feel like it, it's very easy to take consideration with the topic and the subject that you're covering, right? But, like, I don't believe that has to be exclusive. Like... Obviously, I'm not going to go write um, a, a a book about the black experience because I don't know the black experience, right? But, like, am I not supposed to ever include um, somebody who's black maybe going through something in a project that I'm doing just because, right? Like, maybe I won't, yeah. like, make that my central focus there because I don't know that experience enough to write about it. But I don't, like, it kind of goes, do you remember when Taylor Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins Reed, mm-hmm. Taylor Reed Jenkins, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Jenkins Reed, yeah. Got, like, shit for writing Evelyn Hugo. Yes. A straight woman writing, a, like, a lesbian, you know? And that was so ridiculous. And that's such a good book. And that character is so great, you well, know? She got flagged both because she wrote a lesbian and, secondly, because she wrote a Latina. Um, where yeah. uh, there's people saying, hey, it's uh, uh, Latinas telling you or Latinos uh, telling you not to write a Latino character. But there's also a lot of other Latinos saying that exactly. we love and exactly. we identify with your character. And I, I think it comes down to your A and B readers, or if you're a show writer or something like that, having people on your staff who have those experiences that can check your work and make sure that those accurately depict those experiences. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Is like also, you know, you, you just take careful consideration with the topics that you're covering. I think that is just the, the way to go, you know? But you, that doesn't make you exempt from being able to cover that topic, you know? Like, no community is a monolith where everybody's going to believe the same thing. And I hate when people are like, well, listen to if that, for instance, listen to the Latino community. They're telling you not to write, you know, Latino characters, Taylor Jenkins reading. Like, I never said that. I didn't say that. Yeah. Who said that? Um, a, a, a certain group said that, you know, not everybody's going to believe that same thing. So and it's another, just another group because I mean, we're all different. We have different experiences. Yeah. If you don't like the way you're depicted or your experiences depicted in a book mm-hmm. or movie, Put it down, and also you can talk about it on Twitter. Yeah, uh, just make a dialogue about it. I, I just don't think that it has to be. Well, people are policing art these days, right? People are policing oh, art about, yeah. and entertainment and all of that, and everybody feels so, it's so strange that everybody. And I'm a walking contradiction. I might do it too sometimes. <laughs> okay, I totally admit that. <laughs> but we're all human. We're all human. But you know, it's like who the hell do you think your asshole ass is? feeling entitled to the to to tell somebody how they can and cannot tell a story or what roles they can and cannot play right like obviously maybe julie roberts as harriet tubman ain't a good idea but like (laughs) do you you get the reference no i do get the reference i do get the reference but like kit connor whether he was straight gay bi whatever he was playing a role that really is not 
it just it didn't matter and for him to feel the pressure to come out because people are fucking assholes and bullying him on the twitter.com is is ridiculous i will say if we ever had a child who was a star i probably wouldn't let them have social media because i i I wouldn't want them to see the ugly side i mean social media plays such a a heavy role in like anything you're going to do these days Mm -hmm. that it's it's almost like how do you have one without the other how do you boost a profile without the other right i can't stand social media i hate twitter i hate Instagram. I, I don't ever like hardly know what to post it's on those. So things. ironic that you just said that. But I have to have those, you know, because yeah. I, mean, I want to do what I want to be doing, and I want to get the word out and stuff like that. It's kind of integral, you know. So um, it is like a necessary evil. Like again, speaking of Twitter.com, so Elon Musk is now taking over Twitter.com. Speaking of editing about, stories, everybody's talking about that one. <laughs> um, very interesting. He purchased it for what, forty forty four million dollars. Forty four million billion. Billion. Oh, billion. bees. I don't think it was a million. Yes, but I wonder how Twitter actually makes money. I wonder, I bet you it's selling a bunch of data. I bet you it's data selling how Twitter makes money. Probably. Um, and like almost immediately, which was crazy, he talked about like uh, people who have um, verification mm. marks are going to have to pay $20 a month. And then he walked that back after Stephen King. Was it $20 a month or was it $8? It was a $20 a month, but then Stephen King tweeted about it. And he's like, how about $8 a month? I don't know. So it's- he switched it to $8 a month, which has been hilarious because the entire point of a verification check mark yeah. is to verify that that person is who they are, especially if they're a public figure who often gets uh, like... Like copycat uh, accounts often made, copycat like cat, catfish account made. Exactly. Made um, so, like, the whole you have to pay to be verified completely cuts under exactly what verification is. Plus, now, in the last couple of days, you've had so uh. many Elon Musk verified accounts that have been tweeted on his part and have been, like, permanently suspended. And it's honestly hilarious because, like, how did you not see this coming? Yeah, absolutely. And then um, he's and then he had to, like, come out and he has to, like, he just tweets every other minute is what it seems like, like, clarifying his rules and his regulations that he's, like, starting to put forth. And he's, he's like, like wait, we, wait, wait, we can wait. bring comedy you to can Twitter. Do it. <laughs> you, you can do it. You can you can have a parody account, but you have to list it as parody, right? If you don't, then your account's going to get, like, deleted, you yeah. know? Um, but pay us your $8 as well. But the it's, thing is, in the at, it doesn't have his name. It was, like, at Kathy Griffin. <laughs> it was like at some this is somebody else. They weren't you know? like listing it as parody, and they weren't like a specific parody account. And their account name wasn't parody. I don't know. He. It seems like I'm having a hard time keeping up with the whole thing because it seems like he's floundering a little bit. Like he made an impulse buy, and then now he's trying to like do something with Twitter, and is is. Yeah, so I, I, it I doesn't think it, seem like it's it's all coming together the way he was thinking in his head. So people suspect that he was locked into a contract, but now he's making so many rules about Twitter that I think it's going to change the Twitter sphere mm-hmm. itself. So like he he, I think released recent. I think it was today. Um, I mean yesterday, if you're watching this or listening to this now, um, that we uh, we no longer are going to have that limit on words for tweet. Oh, were and, they and, not? And, and you're going to be able to have those long ones. Uh, he he said now we're gonna be able to get rid of like stupid uh like notepad screenshots but my thing about twitter what i really like about twitter versus like facebook mm-hmm. is that it's easy to read and go it's through, digestible right? yeah it's like so if i yeah. if i saw a huge ass i'm sorry huge paragraph i'm probably not gonna read it if you expand a paragraph on on facebook let me ask you a question do you sit there and read it no you scroll 
Yeah. That's the same thing with Twitter. I'm not reading your long ass things. I just am not. Um, I also like am not going to. I'm not going to pay eight dollars for the verification package because I'm not verified anyway. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think it really is beneficial to me. But a lot of people use Twitter as their job. You know, like they make money from Twitter. They make well, money from having their Twitter account. And so, like Grace Randolph, for instance, yeah. from Beyond the Trailer, she has. She's going to do it. Because it's a business expense, right? She's going to write it off as a business expense, um, and it's beneficial for her. But then I've also seen people say, I don't know. I see a lot of also people complaining about like, oh, you know, Twitter is just – I have to delete my Twitter account now. I have to delete my Twitter account because it's it's just – you know, it's a hell in a handbasket now. And uh, I, I don't know if it's maybe I follow just some really good people, but I don't see – Everything that everybody else is seeing, I guess. Um, I was, the only stuff I really see edited is everything had, by Elon Musk. My stuff hasn't changed all that much. I have no. to be real. It, 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 it really hasn't. It's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just the conversation around Twitter and how Twitter is going to move forward from now. Yeah. You know? Twitter's already a hellscape anyway. It's already like, <laughs> it's full of assholes and shitheads and people, you know, behind blank profiles you know that's just what twitter is and you have to like already know that going into it otherwise it's just not gonna you're not gonna be able to well, handle it the, the what i've been seeing is a lot of people saying hey where's everybody gonna move to now that twitter's gonna be like this and a lot of people are talking about tumblr do you think people are actually i'm not getting a tumblr because account. I'm, I'm, not, not I'm, I'm not getting one either because Tumblr has brought back nude images. Tumblr was but known you can't as do, basically a porn account. But you can't do porn. It's nude images. They, they're they very specific about that. Not sexually explicit content, okay. though. Just nudes. Uh, <laughs> 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 just a lot of the porn. Um, I don't know. Do you think do you think people are actually going to, in masses, start deleting their Twitter accounts? Do you see it? I see some people. I don't see everybody, though. Because mm. it's not going to affect everybody. I see a lot of people that I follow threatening like, that. And then they, I'm wondering if they're actually going to do it. I think people really like Twitter, honestly. Uh, Twitter's a super toxic, entertaining place. Oh, it's a doom-scrolling mess, and yes. I'm not uh, participating. Your Twitter in particular is very scary. Why? There's a lot of... Oh, there's a lot of nudes on my Twitter. Yeah. I send, I send it just them pops myself, up nowhere. That's what, that's what my um, inbox is when I send myself something. It's all porn. Porn I like on Twitter that pops <laughs> okay. up throughout the day. I just don't go on Twitter in public. Um <laughs> Uh, kind of speaking of porn. Oh God, <laughs> that's a good segue, right? It there. was a good segue. Bad baby, Danielle Bregoli. Do you remember that Cash Me Outside? Cash girl? Me Outside. The Cash Me Outside girl from Doctor Phil, Phil. Um, years ago is she's made fifty million dollars off freaking OnlyFans. How fifty million dollars? How can we a, do the same? And she just gave a speech at Oxford. They like brought her in as like a guest speaker at Oxford. To like talk about being famous so young and social media, and she has like a scholarship fund now because she's a philanthropist, which is really good, by the way. I'm, I'm not gonna shit on I mean, that. I did, Making I, jokes, but I won't I, shit on that. I mean, if she's doing good business practices, like yeah. good on her. Like, so what she said, what she said she wanted to do was when um because she turned eighteen. I remember as soon as she turned eighteen, she did OnlyFans, and uh, she said that she wanted to. Um, her goal was that she wanted to. Or let's walk it back for a second, right? So, like, she joins when she's 18 years old. I think it might even be the day, the week that she turned 18 years old, right? Like, real jailbait stuff. Um, and she made, like, a million dollars in the first day without, like, really posting anything. And that was so successful that she told her team, hey, I want to do this, like, enough so that I can make enough money to have $3 million to just put away into an account, never look at, never think about. I forget it's even there, and it's just there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm living comfortably over here. Um, she made in one year $50 million off of OnlyFans. 
I mean, we, we would not. We, we can't would. do jailbait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm. Like, could you? Could you guys buy that? I'm 18. <laughs> I could. <laughs> I did shit like that when I was 18 years old. Where you the know, hell is my money? Didn't make I didn't make m- shit off of any of my damn leaks. You know that? I didn't make <laughs> nothing. This is so ridiculous. I <laughs> I know. We should have had an OnlyFans back <laughs> These then. people with OnlyFans accounts don't know how good they have it these days. Um, well, you know what? Good for her. Good for her. You know? Good for million, $50 million. Shit, I'd do it. There's a lot I'd do for $50 million. There's a lot. I have to be honest. Not, there's only a few things I wouldn't do for $50 million, I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. yeah. Only very few things I would not do. Absolutely. Very short list. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should start up an OnlyFans. Everybody tells us to do it anyway. Um, I don't think we probably will. I don't see it happening. No. I think maybe in our 60s. In our 60s, yeah. Yeah. Only Gramps. Oh. 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 Jiggle these. Jingle bells. Yeah. Everything's all loosey-goosey. <laughs> it's time to talk about Helix Sleep again, the sponsor of today's Ooh. video, as always. Yes. Um, Helix Sleep. We have two Helix Sleep mattresses currently. We have all of our bedding is Helix Sleep. We have a queen-size Helix Sleep mattress, the Midnight Lux mattress, and a king-size Midnight Lux mattress as well. We have them in both of our bedrooms. We basically bedroom hop. And, and believe it or not, we did not choose a Helix uh, Midnight Midnight Lux. It was chosen for us based on both of our sleeping patterns um, because we are a couple and we wanted something that fit for both. And luckily enough, Helix Sleep has a quiz that matches us with the perfect mattress. Now it's time to tell you all a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode, Helix Sleep. Helix is a premium mattress and a box company that makes beds to fit your unique sleep style. Helix knows that everybody is different and everybody has their own unique needs and so they've made a sleep quiz that'll match you with your perfect mattress based on your needs. I am an all over sleeper, Alistair's more of a side sleeper. He likes a firm mattress, I like uh, you know, more medium. We took the quiz together and we got the Midnight Mattress. And one of the best parts about Helix is that they deliver the mattress right to your door for free. It comes rolled up in a box and is super easy to set up yourself. And if it makes you nervous to buy something online that you haven't tried, Helix has a 100 night sleep trial so you get more than 3 months to make sure that you absolutely love it. And if you don't, they'll pick it up for you and you'll get a full refund. Well, if you're somebody you know is in the market for a new mattress and you think that Helix sounds right for you, you can go to helixsleep.com slash tequila where you can get up to $200 off of your mattress. And two free pillows. Hmm. I think you should do that for that one. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> the two free pillows. <laughs> I was reading this article on, I think it's called inews.co.uk. UK website. Um, and it was about somebody's wedding. This guy was getting married, right? So he had like three best men, you know. Three three men in his wedding party, his best mates. So he invites them to his wedding. Um, they're all in the wedding. They're having a great time. You know what's fun about this, about what's newsworthy about this, is that that is the first time he's ever met those three guys that he invited to his wedding in person. Because during the pandemic, they were all playing video games online, and they developed a friendship. Aww. Yes, and so they have been friends online for, for a long time, and then uh, just recently met for the very first time at his wedding. So That's three guys cute. he's never met in person. He uh, he made them like his best his wedding party. He put them in his wedding party. Well, that's actually really cute and really fun. <laughs> I think it's just very like indicative of where we are in 
society these days and with with friendships and relationships and uh i would say especially us half the people we hang out with hmm. are online right i think it's uh i'd say even more for you yeah after the last couple of years um and you know lockdowns and and all of the that good stuff you know people have started sort of like branching out and making friends online and uh especially i i know for myself i've made a lot of friendships online in the last couple of years and those are my good friends um versus like my in-person friends i don't know if i have a whole bunch of them well we don't so we we hang out with several people so for yeah. to provide some context for people for me it's hard to be friends with coworkers because mm. i'm not allowed to be friends with most of my coworkers because uh, i'm those like, army rules I'm, we're I'm, basically locked in i'm a in a boss level position so um there's only a couple people i'm allowed to be friends with mm-hmm. and then we have to watch how we make friends with other people you, you're allowed to be friends with whoever you want to be friends with so uh, damn straight we got to be they're not gonna tell me what that. the hell i want to do but i've been thinking about it more and more and I, I i do want us to have more friends on the civilian side it's always such an interesting thing when you're not in school like how do adults make friends you know exactly how do you make friends I'm actually looking at the six adult activities uh, to meet potential friends. Uh, join a gym. Sign up for a workshop or a class. Join a meetup. Oh, that's meet me. Mm-hmm. Uh, meetup, Bumble, BFF, or other tech platform. Volunteer with a local nonprofit. Find a church or a spiritual service. Or join a book club. We almost joined a book club once. We tried. <laughs> yeah. We just never, we should still it was do like that, right though. when we were moving though. I, th- so. I think joining a book club would be like my go-to. well. You have to go out and you be, have to be social. You yeah. know, um, you have to go out and like practice being social in order to make friends. And even then, you're not going to be guaranteed to make any friends. I have to say, like, I've made all of my really good friends. I've made online, right? And I've met most of them. I've met Ian. I've met um, Troy, Troy. I've met. I've met most of my online friends in person now. But. I don't live near anybody. And like these are the people like I want to be friends with, right? I have a lot in common with these people. We always have something to talk about. But I find my in-person friends, they're more acquaintances, I would say. And I'm not even saying necessarily here, but like since we've been married, meeting people um, who just have nothing in common with, right? Like one of the worst things that I, I, I can I, – I feel like one of the worst – Some – not everybody. Yes. I shouldn't have to say that, though. Like, if it doesn't apply to you, it's not about you. Um, uh, like, Chase and Trey, for instance, right? Like, yeah, I, I had plenty to talk about too, with Chase yeah. and Trey. Like, we used to hang out all the time. We would go to their house, and we would just all sit on the couch for hours mm-hmm. and talk about a bunch of stuff. I, the conversation flowed. Um, it is, it is like, so grating when I'm sitting at a freaking table, and all we can talk about are the drinks or the menu. And there is nothing else that these people like. There's They have no interests. I, I, I can't get anything out of them. Um I and I don't have to I mean they we don't have to have the same things in common, right? Like they don't have to be into horror movies or, you know, Buffy or anything like that. But tell me something you're into, right? Yeah. I can't stand it when people are just like they don't have no interest. I'm like, what do you like? Do you like anything? Do you like cars? You tell me something you like, and the next time I meet you, I will come with like five pieces of knowledge just so we can open up some sort of dialogue or conversation. But if I'm sitting there talking about the fucking menu at the restaurant, and that's the only conversations we ever have. Dead relationship, and there's, and I, I've experienced that a lot well, with people in person. I will say you are great in a group because I, I can see the effort you put into a group to make everything lively and fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say one thing that give me a lot of credit there. We're we're missing out as a couple is is we don't really have a lot of 
queer in-person friends. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we need because um, mo- mostly we, we hang out with our straight friends. And I think that it'd be fun to have more queer friends who live locally. While I would love queer friends, you know, I'm not actively going out and looking for queer friends. I'm looking for anybody that I share my interests with. You know, I'm looking for friends based off of my interests more than anything else. Um, And I generally find those online, you know, because you're online in those spaces with people who have those shared interests, you know, that's how you start talking to people. I've met more people through my YouTube channel than I have in person since I've left college, you know, and even you talk about your college friends, you talk about your school friends, you know, um, you have a shared sort of bond during that time. And my shared bond was like drinking and doing drugs and, you know, and, and, you know, joking around and playing and, and, but then I've left college and how many of those people do I still talk to? Not, not a whole lot of them, you know, like a handful. Yeah, it's not it's not a whole lot, and so um, I feel like as you get older, you kind of get yourself your sense of self, and you want to find those like minded people. Well, also as you go, get older, you only have a certain amount of bandwidth. Oh, and absolutely! It, I also need yeah. friends who are <laughs> so who are gonna leave me the fuck alone sometimes. Well, you know? well that and like I, I can't be reaching out to all my friends all the time. Yeah, I, I need us to be on the same wavelength. Where even if I don't talk to you for six months, that doesn't mean that we're not friends. It means we'll come around. Eventually, yeah. Taylor Robbins is like a good example of that, right? Like, I'm not best friends with Taylor Robbins, but I know that Taylor Robbins and I, like, we don't talk all the time. I think we haven't talked in like a year, you know? But I wouldn't say we're not friends. I would say that you know, he and I have an understanding where we, we come back around when we come back around. It just happens. Sometimes mm-hmm. we'll, like, link back up, you know? Um, whereas, like, Troy, I talk to him all the time, you know? But also Troy understands that my need for, you know, space because he's the exact same way. Well, I, I think you and I are interesting because we're both, I feel like we're introverted extroverts. Mm-hmm. We're like, um, I'm, I'm, so. an, I'm an introvert. I don't necessarily like people. I don't like spending my energy with people because people zap my energy really quickly. But sometimes I need a fix. Like I need a social fix. I cannot make sense? just, I need like a friend that I can like hang out with once a week or twice yeah. a week. That's what I want, you know? But I want that in person. Like, I want a Troy or an Ian or a Trent or an Arden, like, in person. I don't know if I could go, because I do feel like I'm a, I'm more extroverted than introverted, especially when I need to be, right? When it's a social situation. Mm-hmm. But I could never go to a bar or never go to a book club or something like that. And I need a buffer. I need somebody there with me, right? So if I were... Oh, my gosh. Perfect example, actually. The... uh you recently had like this Halloween party thing for your work, right? And um, we've we've gotten into arguments about this actually. So I'd like other people's perspectives and opinions of this. <laughs> he so he he had this like Halloween party thing or whatever, and he had to bring a bunch of food in. He brought a bunch of tamales and uh, uh, like donuts and, and treats for everybody, and um, it was all his soldiers and all of the people he works with, and um, and I show up. Um, cause he's giving like some presentation as well. And I show up and you immediately like walked me over to the corner and I sat in the chair in the corner right next to um, one of your coworkers. And I was talking to him for a minute, but then he got up and was making the rounds in the room and like talking to other people in the room. However, I didn't know anybody, right? So I wasn't going to get myself up and go start randomly going in and talking to people and, and interjecting myself into like a couple people who are already speaking together, right? You parked me in a corner 
And when the only person that I was there talking to got up and left, then I really had no idea what to do. And I felt like I was stuck. I felt like it was awkward and I looked antisocial and I, I, I felt like it would have been more awkward to get up and like go and insert myself into people's conversations that they're already having. Um, and I felt like you should have, especially because these are people, these are your soldiers, right? Like you're, you're the leader. You should have been introducing me to people. And like walking me around the room or instead of walking me into a corner, you should have, there's tables all in the middle of this room, right? And so I feel like you should have um, walked me to one of these tables and uh, with other people there and like sat us with people. We should have gotten a plate of food, both went and sat down with our plates of food with all of these other people at the table who are also eating their plates of food. And then you get up and you can like, you introduce me to people and then you get up and you go do what you got to do. And then I'm there. I'm surrounded by these people and I can already like, it's already comfortable for me to go and talk. Right. But like, because I was sat in like a seat off in the corner, um, I just felt like it was too uncomfortable to get up and go talk to people. However, he believes that. Okay. Go Anyways, ahead. uh, <laughs> uh, first off, um, I'm not somebody who needs a buffer. Uh, when I first started going out to gay bars, I went by myself. Yeah. Like I, I've done a lot of stuff by myself and I, I like doing that. Um, and then opening myself up to, up to uh, up to other people, but to provide some context about what's going on as, uh, this was an, an event or that I organized for my, uh, my company, my battery. Yeah. And, uh, I am the boss and it's also a family event. So typically in the military, when it's a family event, you are the boss, you bring in your spouse, the spouse kind of leads the family events. Um, not necessarily with this one because we have a interesting dynamic. Um, so when I went in, I, I didn't really expect you to like, I didn't expect to like plop you in the corner. I expected you to be more social, but you how I've seen in the you corner. in other groups. Um, but like you can move like, like I said, Hey, you, I mean, I, I, I wasn't restricting you to a certain like place. Like uh, I expected you to like go, you know, introduce yourself, talk to other people because I did have like a presentation to give. I had other stuff to do and I was almost expecting you to be like, I don't want to say self-sufficient, but like you be- wanted me to get up from that chair in the corner and you wanted me to go and, and just walk over to people randomly and start speaking to them. Yes. And I've never talked to them before. Yes. They don't know who I am. Yes. It's very strange, baby. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I couldn't do that. I can be social when I'm there and when I, but I, I, I need you to like lead me there. Okay. I need you to introduce me to people. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've had an argument about this one. We have had an argument about it. Yeah. And I think I don't, that we, we don't see this. I, we I, don't I, see it. The I, same. I, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, because I don't want to, I'm already stressed enough, like trying to put stuff together. Yeah, I, I, I need you. I need us to be a team. I'm not asking you to hold my hand, baby. No, I'm not asking you to hold my hand and like stay with me and like you know I'm hanging on you the entire day. I'm asking you to sit me. For us to walk in, I walk in. We go and get our plate of food. You sit me with another table of people, and then you get up and you walk off and you go do whatever you have to do. And you've already made. You've been the buffer. You've made the introduction, and now I can sit there and start talking to people, right? Because you came over to that tape to that chair when I was in the corner, and you said, "Why don't you get up and go talk to people?" 
And I said, well, you've sat me in the corner or whatever. I said, let's go get a plate of food and go and sit me somewhere. Like, let's sit somewhere and so it did. doesn't look weird. And we did. And when we did, I I mean, I was like next to like two people. But I started talking to one of them, and I was good. And I was talking to them, and you weren't with me. And you got up, and you went and did whatever you had to go do. I had to give a presentation. Uh, that's fine. I'm saying that's fine. I'm not – I haven't – that was the point of the whole thing, right? I'm not asking you to sit there yeah. with me the entire time. I'm asking you to, to make the initial introduction – so that I can be self-sufficient from that point, right? Okay. Okay. We're just not going to agree on this. I, I'm very curious what everybody thinks, though. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, and it's interesting because, like, yeah. you have a lot more of, like, I, I have a very specific role um, in mm-hmm. my organization, whereas you have a lot more flexibility of what you're able to do yeah. in terms of, like, interacting with people and um, stuff like that, so... I also think just naturally you're a person like that who is like, you know, you can go into any situation and kind of like introduce yourself and make your own sort of way, right? Um, and while I can uh, I can be social when I'm there, I'm not super comfortable, you know, doing that. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. Making friends. What do you guys think? Do you, <laughs> how do you make friends as an adult? Are you like, there's also people who are just very antisocial, you know, and are like, get anxiety from meeting people. That's you. I, I don't he get does, anxiety from meeting people. I just get anxiety from everything. From everything. Yes. Yeah. So he, I don't know. I have no idea who you are. I have no idea how you are. <laughs> you don't know how- you don't have no idea who I am because I agree. You are somebody who is for, very social. When you, like you could go out to a bar and make your own friends there, right? Like you did yeah. that. But the social situations I've seen you in, you go very quiet, and you're very you you were kind of antisocial with people. Like when I've introduced you to college friends and stuff like that, you don't really talk to anybody. So I think it's easier for me to establish a rapport, 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 rapport. A repartee. Anyways, it's e- easy for it's easier for me when um, I don't know the social dynamic that I'm walking into. Mm. So with you and your friends, I didn't really understand the social dynamic. So that, that was me being quiet, taking a step back, and observing what the social dynamic was before I mm. found a place that was right for me in it. Because I've, I've, we've had that conversation too, where I feel like you don't talk to or you don't make an effort with any of my friends and stuff like that. We've had that, that argument where I've made friends effort with your friends. Um, meeting them like sage and arden and, and alex and all of them like that, those were your friends mm-hmm. i they weren't my friends but i made they that are effort your and i now. got yes but they weren't um and i never felt like you went and did that with my friends i think it was like, me trying to figure out plus i will admit initially your friends were pretty intimidating like the way i met trent was like how did you meet Trent? he just like came in and, and yelled and jumped on you like randomly ah and I was like, oh, what is going on here? Mm. Like, I was like, yeah, but it was like, I was, I was trying to figure out the dynamic of the group. And I think okay. that that's fair. I spent a little too long, but I, I think that you got a good, cause you were, we were all living together for, I'm not all living together, but all living in proximity for like six months. Mm-hmm. So you got a good taste of my friends at the time. Whereas I like visited a couple times to Alabama. Yeah. I don't know. I can make a friends easier when I have a buffer, I think. And I think, no. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, I think that we've gone a little <sighs> bit off the board It's here. interesting, though. I find that so interesting. Are you guys somebody who has more online friends than you have in real life friends? And if you don't have a, as many in real life friends or any in real life friends, why don't why don't you feel like you have in real life friends versus online friends? I don't know. What What is your sort of, sort of social uh, dynamic 
with friendships and, and other relationships. Let me know down below. I'm really curious about that one. I don't know. We're bitching about it. Um, we also, like, we're very fortunate because we're you're like my best friend, you know? So I do have, I have a friend living in the house, you know? You're my best friend, too. I'm getting us our best friends. We're besties. How come we don't have a BFF, like, bracelet or necklace? We need like a, a half heart. When I was a kid, like, the only thing I ever wanted was a best friend. So, you know, I, I got you. I married my best friend. Do you think you're a good friend? I hope so. I I think my major flaw as a friend is I just, I, it's horrible for me to keep in touch. And mm. I just want people to know that if I don't keep in touch with you, it doesn't mean that I don't care about you. It just means that there's a lot in life yeah. that goes on all the time. But I think you as a friend are like, if somebody's not, and I feel like a lot of our friends are like this, right? Like if you, if somebody is not in front of you, um, the communication is like hit or miss sometimes, you know? Um, but like, as soon as your friend, like Arden, for instance, if she's in front of you, it's like two peas in a pod, you know, like you guys get along real well, but like she lives in, in Oklahoma still, we live in Texas and we don't talk all the time, you know, but I still love Arden and I love to hang out with Arden, but just kind of like that sometimes. But I know that you as a person, you're such a good person that you would show up for somebody if needed. Um, you would, that's the kind of friend you are, I think. It's like you're, you're no less of a friend to somebody. Um, and, and when it counts, you're there, you know? Well, I hope so. And I, I, I think for you, same, mm. honestly, um, because I've, I have witnessed you show up for a lot of your friends, mm. a lot of your online friends, a lot of your family members, you're always you're incredibly reliable i would say when you say you're going to do something you might not do it immediately but you're going to do it i would say i'm a good friend though i believe so i think you are i think i am <laughs> let's I hype myself up here a little bit um i do think I, th I show up for people and i'm there when it counts and i i am a loyal friend in that way you know um I even get bitchy loyal sometimes where it's like, you know, if somebody needs me to talk shit about somebody else because, you know, I don't know. I could do that. Well, I know that's important for me. Um, I think hate brings us together. <laughs> it's important for you. If he's talking shit about somebody, he fully expects me to talk shit about that person too, right? Exactly. He's like, he's, he always reminds me, it's just us. We're just in the car right now. So like, just do it. Like, even if I don't believe it, you know? Just Yes. It's like, or, or like I start to talk shit and he's like taking their side, then we immediately have a problem. I don't, I, to, I don't care how unhinged I sound. Yeah. You got to agree with I me. I have to reverse and I have to like, and then we start, you know? Yeah. So, and, yeah. and whenever you talk shit with somebody else about other people, always brings closeness. Hate brings everybody together. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, we're voting tomorrow. <laughs> Today we're voting. <laughs> I'll say that like, just be, I, I've realized in the last five years that just because you show up for a person um, to whatever degree that you show up to them for, they're not going to match that. There's no guarantee that that person is going to match it, right? So you just do things because you feel like it's the right thing to do, um, and it sits good with you. But I used to a lot of times be like, "Well, I did this for you. You don't do. You didn't do that for me. You know? How come you didn't do that for me? How come you're not showing up for me like I showed up for you? That doesn't always happen. I think that was my big thing with Jess. You know, um, is that I felt like I was showing up for her, but she didn't show up for me. Well, and it, it it shouldn't be a, I do this for you, you do this well, for exactly, me. Well, exactly, but that's kind of like, I don't know, that's just the way I came up, 
as mm-hmm. like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. But that's not the way you should be. And so it's taken me a lot of like deprogramming almost to to realize that you just do things for people. Yeah, especially I, I feel like you're gonna put yourself in a really bad way for friends if you think, hey, yeah. whatever good thing I do for my friend, it has to be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. You should be doing a good thing because it makes you feel good and not expect anything back from that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, if ever I lend a friend money, I don't lend them money, I give them money. Yes. I don't expect it back. If they, yes. if they give me money back, great. But I'm never going to lend a friend money with the expectation of money back because otherwise, one, it's a lot of heartache for me. When it doesn't happen. Yeah. Two, it'll build resentment. When it doesn't happen. Exactly. But if I get money back... Then great. Then you know? great. And it's yeah. a nice surprise and it kind of strengthens that bond a little bit. But I, I completely agree with you. However, I will add on to that. I would hope that I have chosen the right friends that would consider and appreciate something I do for them. A gesture. They don't have to give that back to the same degree, but showing appreciation and acknowledgement is very important to me, mm-hmm. I think. And I don't know if that's something I'm going to walk back. Or I'm gonna deprogram from myself. It goes a long way, I think. Yeah. Good show, babes. Good show. Good show. Good show. Good show. Um, if you <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of Coffee and Tequila, you can go to Apple Music or not Apple Music. We're not on Apple Music. Apple, Apple Mus- Podcast. We're on Apple Music. We Do we have be. an album? Yeah, we should. We have a single coming out. Apple Podcast. You can go to Spotify for listening. Give us a five star rating. Would be really really helpful. That's the best way to support us. And um, if you're do you want do you want to do it? If you want to visit us, we're also available on walmart.com. Uh, also, a Target Circle. What? And um, uh, we're on YouTube. You're making Walgreens. people real confused. We're it, on YouTube. It, it, if you look at your receipt after you go through Walgreens, you might find us on there as well. The cashier usually like circles our survey. How did we do? <laughs> um, no, we're also on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like leave a like. You can go down and make a comment about anything we've said. Um, but yeah. Just best way to support us, just engagement. So uh, we make sure to share too. It'd be really helpful. So we hope you guys are out there. We hope you're voting. We hope you're proud of the, your decision to vote in whichever way. I don't know whichever way is best for you. Nobody's trying to convince you anything. Um, thank you so much for watching this episode of Coffee and Tequila. Listening to this episode of Coffee and Tequila. We will see you next time. Adios.